This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Round the Boards, updates from Dunedin City Community Boards on ORFM, Dunedin's awesome morning show. Time now to catch up with Paul Pope from Otago Peninsula Community Board who joins us on the line. Morena, Paul, good to have you with us. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, I'm talking to you, I'm guessing, on your mobile phone. Hey, we've got coverage. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we have in Portobello. Yes, we have in Portobello, but uh, coverage has been a bit dicey in, uh, in Tomahawk and other places of the uh, Otago Peninsula. And we had a really sad uh, event recently where a lady had a stroke uh, on the beach at uh, at Tomahawk and was unable to dial out for help. And um, look, I suppose it really just uh, shows just how reliant we've become on mobile phones and, and uh, the lack of coverage can be really serious, especially in communities where um, it, it, it's so poor. And I guess with Tomahawk being so close to the city, I was hoping that uh, at least one of the telcos out there might just be able to help this community get some uh, some better coverage and help our lady with the stroke. It seems amazing to me, Paul, that here we are in 2021 and we're still battling for cell phone coverage in Aotearoa. Look, I think, you know, I, I know the issues around terrain and other bits and pieces, but, you know, look, I, I, I sort of struggle... With the technology, I mean, I, I have a, an elderly mother who lives in a very isolated area of North Otago and she has Wi-Fi and uh, she has uh, mobile phone coverage. So I'm not sure, quite sure what the problem is with Tomahawk. And um, I, I think sometimes uh, it goes in the too hard basket, both from some of the telcos and, and some of, the, develop, some of the, the developers. And I think... With the subdivision that's happening in that area, I think the pressure to provide service is going to get greater and greater. And given that Tomahawk's also in a tsunami zone, um, the need for cell phone coverage there is absolutely urgent, especially as we're starting to lose landlines and on the copper network. Okay, Paul, so this is the kind of thing, I guess, that um, uh, as a community board, you'd be getting feedback um, about this from people in the community probably on quite a regular basis, I imagine. And, and uh, you know, what, what processes, what power do you have to be heard as a community board on this? I know you're not usually shy of, uh, of getting in touch with the relevant authorities. Um, so look, um, the, the, really it's just a matter of continuing to advocate, um, whether it be opportunities, perhaps you go somewhere and meet you know, representatives of some of the telco companies. I always pitch the case for the communities that don't have decent coverage and can we see it start to see. I have written to the Minister of Trans- um, Telecommunications in the last, last uh, government. Um, and didn't get much uh, chop there, mainly because it was sort of considered a commercial issue. Um, I think the only thing we can do is just keep it out in the public um, and, and remembering, too, that it's not just Tomahawk. Uh, there are other people across um, the city that have poor mobile coverage, and I guess, you know, we've become, like, so reliant on it now that I guess the expectations is that hopefully some of this can be resolved. So I just keep chipping away at it, uh, Jeff. It's not one that uh, I can solve straight away. Um, but uh, just keep moving and seeing, talking and uh, and writing letters and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's about having your voice heard, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But let's uh, let's talk about perhaps a little more mundane matters now. <laughs> this is uh, well, this is an issue that uh, we've uh, we've talked with Francisca Griffin from West Harbour Community Board about.
about last week, and, and that is uh, the seeming proliferation of dog feces on the shared paths. Well, look, it, it, since the development of the Peninsula Connection, obviously we've been able to connect people with um, the ability to get out and about more. Um, and that means often taking uh, their best friend uh, out for a bit of a stroll as well. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the call of nature for some animals uh, comes at the most inconvenient time. And look, there's absolutely no excuse for it. Um, I want to be the, 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 the chairman of uh, the Peninsula Community Board. I don't want to be the, the sheriff of Shittingham. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, and look, it's unpleasant and people, you know, it is becoming more and more prevalent, I think, with the open, and it's probably one of the unforeseen circumstances of the shed paths, both on West Harbour and, and here on the Target Peninsula. The message I have to people basically is if you have a dog, it's a registered dog, you get free bags from the City Council, that's why you pay your registration fee. You have an obligation, both under the animal control bylaw, to take that bag with you and pick up any uh, any doings that your uh, your dog may leave behind, and that's really the nutshell of it. And uh, you know, people say, "Oh, there's no bins." Look, it doesn't matter whether there's a bin or not. You still have that obligation to pick up the material that your animal leaves behind. I have a dog. I've just come back from a walk with my dog. I've got plastic bags with me. Uh, I tr- you know, being a responsible dog owner, um, and look at the end of the day, that's the message I've got to people. Because otherwise, what we will do as a board is we will accelerate uh, with animal control more spot checks on the peninsula and ask them to do more. Well, that kind of work because it it bugs people and it's unpleasant and it's unnecessary. Just taking that few extra minutes to be prepared before you head out the door, right? Yep, absolutely. Look, there's there's all sorts of um, there's all sorts of nifty gadgets that you can have um, to put the bags in on a um, container on your lead. Uh, that's another thing you should have a lead with you, um, and it's pretty simple. Look, at the end of the day, um, having the bags just in your pocket is enough. Um, and look, it's not pleasant. I know it's not. Believe me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's more unpleasant for people having to who step in it or something like that. Yeah, you mentioned leads there too, and that's incredibly important on a shared uh, pathway, isn't it? Because you've got uh, cycles potentially moving yep. at speed and uh, your dog might be uh, following its own uh, nose, <laughs> quite literally, perhaps around other, yep. other deposits. And, 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 and that's all about, as I say, having that, um, that joint responsibility, both with you and your dog, but also for other people. And taking some, you know, taking some uh, proactive steps to actually be, uh, you know, a good user of those particular areas. And, you know, at the end of the day, what we don't want is someone either having their dog hit by a cyclist or we don't want someone, a cyclist going over the wall because they've tried to avoid a dog. Um, Just as much as we don't want um, people stepping in, uh, as I say, the deposits of of a Doberman uh, on the path either. And it's pretty simple stuff, and it's really just taking some responsibility. Look, the large 90% of people are responsible, um, but like Francesca on the West Harbour, there are those who uh, don't want to necessarily take that or are not prepared, and it's about being prepared. If you're a registered, as I say, if you have a registered dog, you get um, biodegradable bags for free from the council, uh, and they're easy enough to pick. You have to go in and pick them up with your registration. Right. To cycling of a different uh, type, bring us up to date with the Portobello pump track, Paul. 
Oh, so we had a contingent of children come from at our last board meeting from the Portobello School and uh, they came and talked to us about the development of the pump track at Portobello. They brought a model uh, and they gave us a submission. Now, the thing that was really great about these submissions was, one, they were erudite and extremely intelligent, but also they raised issues um, about what the what the pump track could actually bring to the Otago Peninsula. And I was really impressed with what they had to say. Um so one of the things that they actually talked about was the pump park would actually bring a different type of visitor um, to the peninsula in terms of you know families coming out to the peninsula to try the pump track out uh, from other areas around the city. Uh, they said there was economic benefits for that. You know, they stop at the shop and have a coffee or buy a drink or fill up with petrol, those kinds of things as well. Um, so they had a really great argument around it. Um, they also talked about the recreation health benefits um, and also the connecting of families, which I thought was really interesting as well. So just uh, last weekend, the group, the fundraising group there, they had a um, cyclocross um, on the Portobello Domain in one of the most miserable wet days we've had for a long time. Um, but I was really amazed. There had to be at least 50 or 60 adult riders turn up for that event, um, which was fantastic. Plus, there was a kids' event as well. Um, and the group have done really, really well. They're working really hard to fundraise us. It's $220,000, $240,000. They have made some, raised some money. The board have chipped in some money. And uh, look, this is going to be a fantastic uh, facility, not just for Portobello and the Peninsula, but actually for the whole city. And I think, like I say, what the, what the kids from Portobello School said was this will actually attract uh, other people into our community as well. So uh, looking forward to seeing how they go with it and uh, and getting the getting it over the line. Great stuff. Just finally, Paul, I want to talk briefly uh, around something we've touched on from time to time, but it's it's um, it's it's a this process that that you want to encourage of of people bringing matters to each other's attention to be working on community issues together, potentially problems, and it's usually problems that get people activated and motivated yes. to say something. But there are ways you can do it in a really appropriate way. Yeah, look, a problem shared is a problem halved. That's the old that's the old saying. Something probably my our grandmothers probably would have said. Um, look, the reality is that um, the board is here to help people, and we do a lot of that. But one of the things that we desperately also need people to do is actually engage with the council through the customer services um, thing. So recently, we had some issues with um, some potholes on the road, um, and everyone's gnashing their teeth and, and everything on, on social media. But um, the reality is that social media only goes far as to vent your own frustrations with it. Actually, what you've actually got to do is take charge of it. And even by ringing or writing to the council into the customer service thing and saying, look, this is an issue for me and for the rest of my community, um, that starts that process off. And then, as I say, um, as a board, it makes it much easier for us to advocate um, for that. The other thing too, I suppose, is that people, when they do get frustrated with issues, uh, whether it be with the council or agencies or whatever, the the key thing is keep your cool um, and, like I say, a problem shared is a problem half. So talk to other people, whether it be your neighbours or your board, and ask to, ask people for some thoughts about finding solutions. And I think the thing is you should always be outcome-focused always be looking at what the outcome is going to be best for you and for the community. Don't focus necessarily on all the history that's led up to that point. Look at what the solutions are. 
If you're a solutions-driven person, you'll often find that those solutions will eventually come to you. Saying that, though, um, an old, another old bit of an oldie but a goodie, patience is a virtue sometimes <laughs> as well. Indeed. Uh, so look, I'm just really just a shout out to people to say, look, use the customer service line, take uh, get get um, get those things going, and then if you have issues, please come back to us as a board, and um, don't be afraid to um, to have a say. You know, it's like when you get a din- dinner delivered to you in a, in a restaurant and it's not to your liking. Don't be afraid to have to say something. New Zealanders are quite poor at coming forward. I think sometimes on those things. Yeah, we wait till we get a bit angry enough about it, and then we usually um, say something inappropriate that's not very yeah, constructive. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. Worth thinking about. And thanks so much for bringing that to us here as our final thought for today around the boards, Paul. We look forward to catching up with you again in four weeks' time. Thank you, Jeff, and uh, to all your listeners, have a great day. That was Round the Boards, updates from Dunedin City Community Boards on ORFM, Dunedin's awesome morning show. For more information about Dunedin's six community boards and contact details, visit the Dunedin City Council website, dunedin.govt.nz or phone 477-4000. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.